Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and I'm the Director of Student Ministry Matters. I'm thrilled that you've downloaded and are joining us in the conversation about student ministry. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, review, and share a podcast with others, especially those working with students. Now, on today's podcast, I'm sharing the first of two episodes that are recorded with Samuel Burig. He's the author and editor of Fulfill Your Student Ministry. Sam is married to Mallory, and together they have one daughter, Abby May, and two sons, Levi and Owen. Sam serves as the dean of Spurgeon College at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. He served as a student pastor in Arkansas for six years and now serves as an elder at Liberty Baptist Church in Liberty, Missouri. He holds a bachelor's degree in theology from Washita Baptist University and received his Master's of Divinity from Southern Seminary. Let's listen together. Well, thanks for joining me for the podcast, Sam. I appreciate you taking some time to share about yourself and about your new book, Fulfill Your Student Ministry. Yeah, thanks. Happy to be here. Um, yeah, glad to be on. Well, Sam, well, we got connected in 2018 when I had a speaker suddenly drop out for our Student Ministry Workers Retreat. My pastor jokingly said, why don't you call uh, Jared Wilson at Midwestern and see if he might be able to come? And I thought, well, why not? So I reached out to Jared, and Jared is a part of the team there at the, the seminary. He quickly realized that he wasn't able to come down for our event, but he put us in touch uh, with you. And again, that was a very short notice, and you were tied up. But again, these guys, you guys were so helpful. Uh, you introduced me to David Bronson, and I believe that David was on staff at, at your church or as well as working through a seminary. Uh, training. He was exactly what we needed. I, I just want to tell you that. Um, I, I wanted to publicly thank you for your desire to help us and find a solution for that first year. It was a pivotal moment for what we were trying to do. And, um, you know, after speaking to you and receiving your help, I knew that I wanted you to have uh, you come and share with our group. So again, just thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate uh, you reaching out and and it was uh, providential, of course, for, for Jared just to um, connect us and and then David ended up coming and I came out this last year and, and it was yeah it was a blast as uh, Amir came with us so yeah I I mean in in line with that even Jared's way that he went about it is um uh, it, it is our tagline here but it, it really forces the issue but we we really do think I mean how can we help the local church and what we can, what we exist for no other reason than to try to supply and aid them in some way so whether that's finding a speaker or providing a class or whatever. So anyway, so I, I'm, I'm thankful to see that work out, you know, with, with you guys. So, well, that again, it was just fantastic. And I love, I mean, it's one of the reasons I've made application um, there at Midwestern myself yeah. is yeah. just that idea for the church. Um, it's powerful. Uh, just some simple words, but very powerful. Well, for those of our listeners that weren't able to be with us at the 2019 student ministry workers retreat, 
uh, I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself. And let, let's start with your call to Christ and your call to ministry. What does that look like, Sam? Yeah, so I grew up um, in, a, in a Christian home, um, particularly of the charismatic flavor. And uh-huh. so that was uh, the family that I grew up in and, um, and very thankful, you know, for my parents who were consistently taking my brother and I uh, at the time. Um, and then later on, um, half sisters and these sorts of things, my, my parents are, are divorced. Um, uh, they kept us in church and, and I remember the scriptures being a part of my life and those sorts of things. I, I think I came to know the Lord, uh, savingly when I was, uh, 12, 13 and, and baptism followed that. Um, did not have a great uh, understanding at all um, of what the local church was doing um, or, uh, I mean, what you would just call basic probably discipleship. So I understood repentance. I, I understood the gospel um, uh, in my own, you know, psychoanalysis uh, on the back end. I don't think that right. I necessarily thought very healthily about those things, but I, I can see God's hand, obviously, in, in the middle of that. Um very idolatrous, very, very idolatrous about sports and in high school, and and that was uh, a functional god for me. And um, mm. I was I was successful enough at it that it worked that way, if that makes sense. Um, in 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 the world, and so, eighteen years old, uh, senior year of high school, I walked into um, a a Baptist church, um, and by God's grace, I mean he just it was just very strange, but um, just really was taken hold of by this, uh, particular student pastor. He took me under his wing. And, um, you know, if you're coming from like a charismatic flavor, uh, of, of upbringing, you, you look at Baptists as kind of, um, like the army reserves and you're the Marines a little bit. And so I was quickly, you know, disabused of that and, and just, um, so thankful for the scriptures becoming just unfolded to me in a new way. So, Mm -hmm. um, call to ministry was as out of left field as you could possibly imagine. So I had no consciousness of that as a category that I would potentially pursue. Um, very caught up, as I said, in, in just sports idolatry and kind of my own uh, world of, of small fame, if you will. And so I was just taken hold of by the scriptures. I asked uh, my student pastor, I was like, hey, man, I would love to just share with the I don't even think I recognize what I was asking, but I would love to share with the group like what God's doing in my life. And he was like, yeah, I want you to share. And so I remember getting in the car. Or it was my 1987 Blazer S10, the slowest vehicle on the entire uh, highway anywhere in Texas. And um, and just like screaming at the top of my lungs after that experience of like, is this it? Like, is this what? you want me to do with my life? Cause it was the first thing that I felt that I had ever done that wasn't me centric and, um, mm-hmm. and just, yeah. just knew, man, this is, this is eternal. This is something that matters. And I mean, I would cringe to imagine or hear what I actually said in that, but the Lord, <laughs> you know, just used that. And so, yeah, I really, I mean, in one way or another, by God's grace, I've never really looked back from that. It doesn't mean that I haven't done other things or wasn't doing, I mean, it was years, honestly, before I was ever in some sort of vocational, like paid position. But it was just, I knew that that's what life, for me, uh, I wanted it to be about. And if the Lord would open up doors, that seemed to be the case. And so school and other things proceeded from there. But that was, yeah, call to ministry. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. What well, what type of roles have you served in churches over the years? 
Yeah. So like I hinted at there and it's, um, you know, good for this podcast. I, I had very little conception of a local church or what ministry would look like outside of like a senior pastor kind of, you know, music minister or right. youth, youth minister. And so that was the category that I knew of. And, um, I mean, I obviously knew about missionaries, that sort of thing, but, um, I just, I was like, well, student ministry is what I'm going to do, you know, and that, that's what I want to do. And, and it, it had such a massive impact on my own life. And, um, so that was the first thing that I started doing. I, I did some camps and that sort of thing, camp counselor, um, but as much as possible, trying to preach or disciple people that were in the realms of student ministry. And when I was 21, uh, I was at, at Bible college in, in Arkansas at Washita Baptist. And, um, and I took a position at a church and, uh, so was there and did that in hot springs, Arkansas for about six years. And, um, and then from there, Went to D.C., spent a brief time there at Capitol Hill uh, in, in D.C., mm. and then um, went on to to Louisville and spent about a year and a half there uh, trying to, to do school. And, and, and then the Lord brought us, me and Mallory, we didn't have any children at the time, but brought us out uh, to uh, to Kansas city and have served as an elder, um, for about three years and just, um, just cycled off there. But, and, and so that's kind of local church. That's, that's what's right. gone on there. And then, um, that was 2014 when we moved to Kansas city. And, and the idea behind that was, um, the Lord seemed to be, yeah, working in Kansas city at Midwestern as one of the six, uh, six Southern Baptist seminaries. And we were, interested in and coming out here and helping. So we served, uh, as student, like student life essentially. So conferences, those sorts of things and on campus, whatever the mechanism of outside the classroom discipleship looked like getting them involved in local churches. We were really involved in that. Um, and then I took the, the Dean's position, um, about two years ago, uh, uh, in February was two years. So, yeah. So those are the, the, the ministry positions that the Lord has held me in. So. So as dean, what does that look like? what What type of role is that for the college? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it's a blast. Um, so just get to have my hands in a lot of different um, programs, as well as designing and and putting forward classes and that sort of thing. So so I do teach. Um, I normally try to just carry one class a semester. So I teach hermeneutics, um, or, or just Bible interpretation and, mm-hmm. and biblical theology, the the macro you know, scope of, of the scriptures. And those are the, basically the two classes I teach. But outside of that, we have a, a fusion uh, a program called fusion, which connect is connected with the international mission board where last year, for instance, we deployed 61 students to go to, um, as best as possible, you know, kind of unreached, unengaged, um, people groups. And, and we train them, highly train them, uh, to get them, you know, going in that direction. And so that's fusion. We have another group called Accelerate, where uh, it's a five-year um, undergrad to MDiv track, where we compress that degree together. Um, and so I, my hands are just involved in that. We call those cohorts, if you will. And um, it's a, a way to keep them, you know, connected and glued in uh, to each other. And so I, I'm, I really oversee a lot of those things and, and recruiting and those sorts of things. So it's a, yeah, it's a manifold position, but and a little bit crazy. But um, I I uh, I really like it. H- higher ed is a an interesting moment of inflection um, at mm. this point, and so it's just it, it's calling for a lot of 
thoughtfulness on how you manage um, online or those sorts of things. And so everyone is addressing those issues and, and it's fun to be on the front lines and, and challenging, but it's really, really fun. So, Well, I recently had an opportunity to be on campus um, at Midwestern for a, a Nine Marks conference. Yeah, and yeah. It, just, it was just a, a thrill to be there, to, to see the facility. Um, it was really impressive. And so I, I love you know, I just love that place. Um, well, that's your your ministry life, your your vocational life, those type of things. I know you're married. You've got yep. three kids. Yes, um, yep. One of those is really tiny, um, but yeah. uh, at six months old, I believe. Yeah, he's five, six months. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, um, let's let's ask a question to let our listeners know you a little bit better. What does a great date night look like for you and your spouse? Yeah, yeah. So we... Uh, we like to go out to eat if we get a chance to to mm-hmm. do a date night, and and Mallory and I are both uh, in, incessant talkers, and so our our best um, kind of our best uh, date night is not going to be to go to a movie or or necessarily even to like go bowling or something like that. Though she would dominate me more than likely. Um, I have never, I've actually never beat her at a uh, mini golf just, just for the record. And that's not for lack of trying. Um, she's, and, and I mean, for an athlete, you're like, this is, should not be this way. But, um, she, she actually beats me legitimately every time. So yeah, for us, it would just be to go, um, to get a meal, you know, and, and, and yeah. maybe a just slightly nice meal, um, and just talk and, and debrief and think through things. And we, we both, I mean, we have little kids and, and, um, just church responsibilities, school responsibilities. I'm in the, uh, on the backside of my PhD. There's just a lot of things that call for our time. And so being able to just work through stuff unhurriedly, um, is our best, uh, date night. And so we really enjoy, um, people kind of, being removed from the situation and us just being the, being able to connect soul to soul. So, yeah. 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 Well, you know, one really important question for our listeners, Midwestern as well yes. as Virgin College right there yep. in Kansas City, which is known yeah. for the barbecue. So what's the best place in town for barbecue? Yeah. So let me give you a brief background, even on where I come <laughs> okay. at this, this question. So I grew up in Texas and, yeah, and spent a fair amount of time in, in, uh, in Arkansas and they all, uh, my wife is from Alabama. All three of those states claim greatness when it comes to to barbecue. And I I made it to I guess twenty eight, twenty nine years old, and I could care less about barbecue, frankly. Like when when we were moving when we were moving to um, Kansas City, that was something that multiple people were like, "Oh man, you're gonna love the barbecue scene." I was like, "Actually, that's kind of lost on me. Like I don't really care that much about barbecue." So that changed. Uh, Dan, like it changed when I came to to Kansas City. So I went to uh, my answer is Joe's. Okay, so Joe's, uh, uh, Casey Joe's, is what it, it used to be called, Oklahoma Joe's. But um, I was, I think, with my father in law, uh, and we went to Joe's, which is just on the Kansas side, but it's maybe fifteen minutes from our house. Um, and uh, went over there, got some ribs, wasn't thinking anything about it. Just like, okay, whatever. And I, I put this in my mouth and it changed me. Okay. It changed. <laughs> I, I was like, this right here is incredible. Um, and so I have, uh, I've never looked back. I mean, all Q39 is really good. Um, I mean, all of them are, are, are good. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're a tourist to Kansas city, uh, then you, then you go to um, Jack Stacks and, and that's fine too. Um, Gates is really good. Um, and, and 
Arthur Bryant's is really good. Those would probably be like my second. Uh, probably Gates or Arthur Bryant would be my second. Um, but yeah, the the top one would be KC Joe's. So okay. Fantastic. I, as you started listing more and more, I was like, there really is a barbecue scene up there. Oh, yeah. And that's, yeah. It's serious. Kind of anxious it's, it's to, serious to hit some of those places. So, yeah. <laughs> well, let's hop right into our discussion on your book, Fulfill Your Student Ministry. First of all, I love this little book. It was straightforward and concise. Uh, the subtitle hit the nail on the head as a manifesto and field guide for student ministry. Yeah. You know, it addresses some of the shortcomings of many student ministries over the years but never belittled those that have fallen into some of those traps. And I really yeah. appreciated that. Yeah. Um, Sam, what prompted you to put together this book and choose the format that you did with the multiple authors and even the the size of it? Yeah. So, um, man, that's a, that's a great question. And, and I'll try to keep it really concise. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something that was uh, multiple contributors um, just to draw together my friends uh, that I knew from ministry and mm. that were involved in in student ministry. I wanted to give them a voice to speak in, and I knew they had something to say. And then secondarily, I was like, I can actually do this quicker probably if they help me <laughs> than, <laughs> than if I just write it myself. And and I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with a monologue book or something like that of, you know, kind of one voice. But I just felt like, man, if all these guys get involved in this, then it'll be probably stronger. Um, and so that was sort of the the pitch and that that turned out as far as the the format i I felt like man we need to have a quick um, uh, concise way ie the, the the manifesto that we can say this is what we mean and this is what we don't mean so yeah. more of yeah. a, a sense of this is what we're trying to draw people to whatever church you're at um, this is what we're trying to lift and this is what we're saying, um, to, to varying degrees, we would like you to not do this anymore, either, either completely, um, or something like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. a topical sermon on Wednesday nights in a youth group. Like we're actually totally fine with that. That's like a great thing. It might, you know, it might be best to, um, pursue still what, what would be called expository preaching and make sure that that's your more consistent diet. Um, but so we're just saying, Hey, make sure that this is highlighted here. And this is maybe a secondary thing, whereas what I've seen a lot of is just, you know, the month of February is, um, you know, on friendship or something like that. And then the month of right. March is Relationships. on, you know, parents or Love. the month of, <laughs> month of uh, you know, April is is on social media. And it's just like, right. that that's fine, but maybe let's just take the, the, the scriptures as they come out. And so mm. that's what we're doing with the manifesto piece. I wanted to have a in the middle section of each chapter, you're going to have a biblical defense of why we think that that's uh, what's emphasized. Um, and then the last piece is like next steps. So if you find yourself um, actually maybe not doing or uh, in a little bit less than optimal situation uh, in whatever chapter that's talking about, whatever subject that is, then we're trying to provide you with next steps on you could start changing this by by this way in this way. And so that was where that came from. I did want it to be practical. I wanted it to be rooted biblically and, and defensible, but then also concise in that manifesto statement that would hopefully move people along to go, is my student ministry healthy uh, in such a way that, yeah. that comports with the scriptures? Like if, if we're in so far as 
the scriptures are a thing, um, or student student ministry, of course, scriptures are a thing. Insofar as student ministry is a thing, it ought to comply with the scriptures. And these are just some ways, 21st century America, that we think this can map on in the way that a local church is is working. So, yeah, that was that was the idea behind it. So. Good, good. I, I I liked the the format and what it provided and what it what it did. Well, Sam, in your book, you start with a statement. Um, you talk about student ministry is in a bad way. Could you expand on that for our listeners? Yeah. Um, so, in one sense, that's a you know, depending on who you are and, and your position um, in the student ministry world, right? Uh, you you may disagree with that right out uh, and just go, well, right. what, what do you mean? You know. And, and I, you know, all I know to do is just to assess student ministry the way that, that I see it and the way that we see it. And, and I'm thinking, you know, uniquely United States context, right. uh, according to the scriptures, you know. And so, I mean, obviously, I'm looking closer at uh, a Baptist scenario. And so I'm not necessarily as privy to, um, you know, what it looks like to, to be a student pastor in the PCA or something like that. I think I'm as much as I can, uh, as broadly uh, as I can, I'm, I'm assessing that. And, and I do think that overall that is consistent, that, man, we are not probably focused on um, the right things in student ministry. And we're looking at the wrong metrics to discern whether we are uh uh, doing well um, in this situation. And so I'm going to stay rooted every one of these chapters and I'm going to push the guys and, and what I think we produced here is to stay rooted in the scriptures and go, what is the value in mind of God on these issues? And then you apply them over to uh, to to student ministry. And so, for, for instance, um, I've just seen uh, just to take the local churches. There's a chapter, Jared Bumpers, Dr. Jared Bumpers. Um, uh, wrote that chapter. And what we're arguing there is the student ministry is subservient. Um, that may not be a great term, but that's one coming to mind, subservient to the local church. Um, and so it's not, it is about Miss Bonnie, who's 83, and also that 16-year-old. It's not about us just isolating that 16-year-old and and giving him or her everything that they can hope, dream, or imagine in that student ministry. But then the moment that they, you know, go off to college or they they move into you know the 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 local church as a whole that they're lost. You know, I I, I think that that's pretty consistent, and we haven't been thoughtful um, by and large in, in a lot of churches on how to manage uh, that. That this is these students, and when they become a member of a local church, they are a part of that local church, and so they're a covenant member. They're baptized in, and we want to be careful about that. Um, but that is God's priority. He doesn't. He doesn't um, put, I mean, you could put a student ministry, for instance, alongside uh, Sunday school or small groups or something like this. Um, even it, it's on a smaller scale, but like VBS, there's no passage in scripture that's going to tell us this is how this is supposed to work. What we know is we want to mm-hmm. let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. So if these um, things that that kind of coalesce with the local church as a whole and the, the Sunday morning Lord's Day gathering, if they coalesce, uh, then that's good. We want more and more scripture. We don't need less Bible. And so it's fine if it comports with that and, and, and coalesces. Uh, if it doesn't, then there's something wrong and we want to bring it back into line with that. And that's where that statement's coming from. I think we're in a bad way is because we've gotten the, the cart in front of the horse and we've let student ministry or children's ministry or, you know, a lot of other things get in the way of the overall, um, 
building up of the church, as Paul says in in 1 Corinthians. It's got to be about the whole church and student ministry is going to fit inside of that or there's something wrong. So, yeah. Well, and I totally agree. I think that one of the things, and you used a word that that I kind of latched onto there, is that we haven't been thoughtful. Yeah. Hmm. In this whole process, we get involved in student ministry when we are perhaps younger, we're in Bible college, we're in seminary, and we're working with students. It's fun. It's exciting. And then we go to that next thing, and we're doing that next thing, and we don't stop and really think through uh, what this is in relationship to the whole church. Yeah. Um, yeah. We build up these huge ministries. Um, We've got our great worship time on Wednesday night or Sunday night, whenever your students are meeting, and it doesn't have anything at all to do with the local church. I, yeah. I think that's a, a real important thing to think about. And so I think that I, I agreed with the statement, you know, student ministry is in a bad way. Yeah. Um, but I, I just wanted to expand that for our listeners. Cause I really, I think that's important for us to see is that yeah. if we're not thoughtful, uh, we're not going to accomplish God's, God's work and God's will right. within our group. So. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, just to add on to that, I, I mean, even as I'm continuing to gain clarity and as you're responding as well, I, I think we really do have to think far beyond, at least on two levels. Uh, as a student pastor, you have to think far beyond those years, right? And so in one sense, yes. most of us are being judged by a local church for how we're doing and managing that student in those years that they can, you know, they're confined to our uh, our area, if you will. Right. But right. all of what I think the scriptures would say is you're judged based on almost what's happening after that, you know, how, how are they, how are they, um, yeah, joined to that local church? How consistent are they? Are they thriving, growing members of that church when they're 27, when they're 47? That's where the fruit will show up in that first horizon, um, of how you actually did with them, you know, when you were, uh, when they were 16 or 17 and then far beyond that, uh, is student ministry in a bad way? I mean, these are eternal things, Dan. I mean, you and I yeah. have talked oh, about yeah. this. This is not a game. You know, like this is, yeah. I mean, when I'm imagining I'm preaching to someone, whether that's, uh, you know, on a Wednesday night with students or, you know, at a, at a disciple now or something like that, these are eternal souls who will live forever. And I have to get the gospel to them. I mean, whether they are getting waylaid on, you know, pornography or, or whatever's going on in their life or their own uh, relationship or whether that's some, you know, uh, pursuit of drugs or what have you. These are eternal people that I have one remedy and it's not me. And it sure isn't, you know, kind of games or whatever. It's Jesus Christ and bringing them to him. And that is the only thing that we have. It's, it's, that's great because it's the most powerful thing, you know, in this universe, obviously. Um, but, uh, if we don't, you know, fit that. And like you said, if we're not thoughtful about that, about how can we segue these people um, into being faithful, healthy local church members, um, and then also prepare them for judgment day insofar as we're responsible, then, then yeah, we, we haven't thought through this. And, and so anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to jump in there and, and maybe add that. Oh yeah. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.